Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Contact Monica at MonicaMatthews.com or on Twitter at MonicaOnAirTalk. Life, love, and liberty. It's Monica Matthews. <laughs> Oops. Excuse my hawking a loogie. Mount Wahawk a loogie. Remember that? For you people who have children, children. You know how that goes. What was that from? Finding Nemo. Don't look into the light. Ooh, don't look into the light. We've got 200 Georgians being monitored right now in the state of Georgia for the coronavirus, not to be confused with alcohol consumption. Scary. I actually asked you guys on Twitter um, if you're afraid. And it was kind of, the results are always mind-numbing to me because people are either, no, who cares, we're all going anyway. Or to, um, yes, we're down in the bunker. We've got our food and our rations and we're ready. (laughs) And then the more reasonable ones of you (laughs) who are like, well, you know, we just washed our hands and it's population control. I mean, I love asking these questions because it gets like everybody to come out of their holes. (laughs) And so you've got the rational, reasonable people. Then you've got the people who just know the government literally is killing all of us. And wants to. And then you've got the people who are like in the Jesus recliners because he's coming back anyway. So none of this crap down here matters. And I just kind of sift. I just mine for data. I just mine for my demographic. And it tells me exactly what the pulse of the country is. (laughs) So uh, if you ever want to know about anything, just ask people questions. People are like, how did you go from 6,000 Twitter followers to nearly 20,000 followers? Well, A, I asked, and this is just in a very short period of time. I've been at 6,000 just creeping up organically for years. But just in the past four months, I've just skyrocketed. And I'll tell you exactly how. I just start asking people questions. Very simple. Instead of making declarative statements and tweets, I'm asking people what they think, how they feel about things. And believe me when I tell you, people are always ready to tell you how they feel about things. Okay, so welcome to my Facebook followers and Twitter followers, alike Periscope followers. We are finally simulcasting. We're still working out the kinks to this whole thing. So thank you for your patience. But this is very exciting. So uh, thank you for tuning in. And thank you for sharing my broadcast with people as well. You can still catch my live radio program on Sundays from noon to 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at 95.5 FM, AM 750 on WSB Radio out of Atlanta, Georgia. Um, You can download the app and catch that live. People ask me that quite a bit. How can we hear you live on Sundays? You can always call in. I love to take your calls. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Super simple. I talk about life, love, and liberty. Uh, It used to be faith, life, and politics, but politics kind of freaks. It's like a trigger word for people now, (laughs) much less faith. (laughs) <laughs> and before I get over into the Love Day conversation that I want to have, I want to cover something very briefly that's going on in the state of Georgia. I don't know if you're going to come up against this in your respective states or if, it, if you already have. Okay, But in the state of Georgia, we have a bill that's been making its way through our state legislature that has, um, yeah, some bipartisan support, mostly uh, uh, Republican support. Okay, it's a, it's a Republican charge to protect 
faith-based adoption agencies from having to roll back their standards of who they choose to adopt children out to. And the way this is being spun in the state of Georgia in all forms of media is that somehow it's discriminating against the LGBTQ community from being able to adopt children. It is prohibiting gay couples from being able to adopt kids. That is inherently false. That is not what it's doing at all. There are over 300 adoption agencies in the state of Georgia of which you can go and adopt a child regardless of your sexual proclivities. It, it does it, it whether you're single, whether you're gay, it, it straight, doesn't matter. There's a very small portion of faith-based entities that kind of like Hobby Lobby was like, yeah, we don't really want our dollars going to abortions because, you know, we're just not down with that because we are a Christian agency who actually lives according to our standards and principles and had to take that all the way up to to deal with that. We had to run to, you know, the nanny court to say, all right, figure this out for us because we just can't interpret our own constitution anymore without somebody telling us what it means. Right? Hell, you can't even decipher like a news broadcast without having to have the expert panel. They're coming up next. Let's hear what Cindy, Bob, and Lou, and Boo, Ray, and Tay think about what you just heard. We're, we're going to tell you what you should have heard. <laughs> and then we're going to tell you how you should feel about it. You're not going to get that here on this show. This is my show. <laughs> this is my take. And you take the information and do whatever the heck you want to do with it. Hopefully, it's going to lead you to some freedom in your personal life and your political life. Because believe me when I tell you as a political consultant, they absolutely overlap. Don't believe me? Look at New Hampshire. (laughs) Look around the country. Look at Iowa. Look around the country right now. It'll tell you exactly, awesome, what is, um, what's happening in people's personal lives that parlay over into political. So, prime example, gay, want to adopt a kid? Awesome. Not so awesome to some people. Awesome to other people. Other people could not care less as long as the child is in a loving home. Other people feel like it will confuse the child. There has not been a lot of studies, and the studies that have um, run their course from following children up to um, adulthood who have been raised by same-sex parents, it depends on who. When people ask me, where do you get your information from? I'm like, a number of sources, because wherever the money's going and whoever's funding that particular uh, survey is going to sway the outcome of that survey. It just is, even for faith-based organizations. Sorry, but it's just true. When you're mining for data, you have to be discerning. Let's just start the alphabet with D today. There's your lesson for the day. D for discerning. You are a discerning American, whether the left or the right tells you otherwise. You just are. I'm here to reinstill your faith in yourself to be able (laughs) to make a decision regarding your liberty. Right? Now, your state legislature, if you're in the state of Georgia and you are Christian, this is time for you to be blowing up the phone lines, not sitting in your Jesus recliners talking about how the whole world's going to hell and especially those gay people. You know how y'all are. That's like the the one unforgivable sin, homosexuality. Y'all all blown up over that stuff. It makes me crazy. Get over yourselves if you're upset about this and you want faith-based adoption agencies to be able to adhere to their standards and principles. This is your time to blow up the phone lines to your state legislators and let them know how you want them to vote. 
This is your time to assert your voice. Not on Facebook, not on rants on Twitter, not retweeting and, you know, punching people and poking people in the face with your words. Use your words and use your fingers and pick up the phone and call your state legislators. All right, there's my rant on that. So the true story is faith-based adoption agencies are attempting to insulate themselves from outside influence to have to change their guidelines by which they have practiced adopting children out to loving Christian homes for up teen years. Now, all of a sudden, the left has taken that narrative and flipped it on its head. It's nothing new. It's happening all over the country with a myriad of other uh, pieces of legislation. We also have a piece of legislation in the state of Georgia that is here to protect children from being otherwise mutilated by doctors in the form of child abuse and transitioning children with hormonal therapy, with actual physical uh, transitioning by removing, you know, preparing the child's body hormonally as they're actually a hormonal disaster as it is. I mean, I'm. I just celebrated a birthday in my late 40s, right? So I've got a little hormonal activity going on right now. And I can tell you that it's the same hormonal activity that goes on whenever we're little kids. And you start messing with that stuff whenever people are forming literally synapses in their brains. Not good. You're going to create a generation of, I, I, you, I, there's not even a word Hyperbole won't cut it in this instance. You can't say zombies. You can't say dead people. You can't say confused people because these are children. So I love the fact that we would actually take criminal exception to physicians who would push this onto families. This is not something that would this particular bill coming down through the House in the state of Georgia is not something that would um, criminalize the parents. But it would a physician who is going to start a a family down this path of what I would consider child mutilation and most of my followers. And I got to tell you something, a large portion of the LGBTQ community and the trans community, because those are two separate entities in case y'all straight folks didn't know that, (laughs) but they are. They're not in favor of it either. They're like, get your hands off of the kids. So before you throw every uh, everybody under the bus, under the deviant bus, you know, you need to know with whom it is you're dealing. All right, speaking of deviant, some of you men and women on my Twitter feed, again, if you're not following me, you're totally missing out. It's Monica on your talk. I ask all kinds of questions. I've been talking a lot about spiritual things in the Lord and Bible over the past few podcasts. And people are like, wait, wait a minute, especially the men. Where are you going? Are we not talking about sex anymore? I'm like, well, gee, can I like not be ambidextrous in my conversation? <laughs> I love it when I say that. Because people who don't know me are like, did she just say ambidextrous to <laughs> describe her conversations? Yes, I did. Um, yeah, I'm blonde, but I'm actually smarter than some people think I am. <clears throat> My producer's laughing at me right now. <laughs> because I'm having one of those days where he would say, you're full of yourself. And I am. It's a good thing. And you should be too. But why can't I talk about Jesus and sex? I mean, really? Speaking of sex, how about this? The Catholic Church just decided again that priests who are in remote locations can't have a wife. <laughs> I'm like, 
Okay. You know, that wasn't God's idea to begin with, that people would, all people would be celibate who serve him. Even Jesus said that himself. I know we like to rewrite scripture. I know we think that we know better because we're so humanistic that way and secular. But I promise you, that is not what the Lord had in mind. It's just not. And God said, what? It is not good for man to be what? Alone. I think we have tens of thousands of cases of children who would actually attest to that. And for those of you who are Catholic, don't get offended by that. Do not get offended by me and what I say about that one thing about your faith. I could go off on a whole other litany of of a tangent about other things spiritually and scripturally, but that one thing, our children, get your hands off our children. I don't care what kind of beanie you wear, how big your Pope hat is, how gold it is, how flowing your robes are, get your hands off our children. I don't care about your boas and your makeup and your fake implants and your peepees are whacked off. Get your hands off our children. I don't care who's trying to shut down legislation in the state of Georgia right now that my very own governor said on my show, which I will play this Sunday just to remind the state of Georgia, that our governor said a few years ago while he was campaigning that he would support a hidden predator act. Can I tell you how many sessions that bill has been literally aborted? And not by Democrats. They don't like them once they, you know, when they're in the womb, but once they pop out of the womb, they become an instant base, okay? And there there are actually a lot of good-hearted Democrats who care about kids, believe it or not, and especially kids of sexual abuse. We have a bill in the state of Georgia to allow for civil remedy, We have two legislators in our state Senate who have held this up for the past umpteen sessions. How do I know that? Because I actually testified at our own Senate judiciary and sat face to face with these gentlemen who are actually on the board of the Boy Scouts of America, who have law partners who are taking money from the Boy Scouts of America and defendants who are still dealing with these cases from the past, who basically slow walk the legislation so that it will literally die It just dies. And everybody just politely washes their hands of adult victims of childhood sexual abuse from being able to seek civil remedy from an entity that turned its eyes and turned its backs on what was happening to a large number from one kid up to 100. It's in Baptist churches. It's in Presbyterian churches. It's in your Boy Scouts. It's in your Gymnastics USA. It's in your all kinds of Uh, clubs and organizations look at what just happened in the state of georgia holy crap the dean of a college at valdosta state uh taken down by the gbi with how many other people 13 14 people a sex trafficking ring soliciting for sex online all these people work for valdosta state our university systems you're going to see more and more of this come about and it's not time to stick your head in the sand and your butt in the air It's time for you to use those fingers, to use your mouth for something besides social media and get it done. So, again, there's a bill right now in the state of Georgia in the House and the Senate that's been dropped, literally probably just dropped on its head right now. The study committee never got back with people who they asked for, you know, data and and stats and in particular data in order to complete the study committee's findings Never even return the phone call for the data. What's really going on, gentlemen? 
Okay, so let's get over to Love Day. Because you guys love to talk about sex and relationships. <laughs> and so do I. So with me today, I have a very dear friend who I have consulted with for a long time about issues of relationships and singlehood and history. And he's a little bit of a historian. He also happens to be running for office in the state of Georgia, and I'll let him tell you about that. Um, but these are very exciting conversations we have because you're such a historian, Harrison. Welcome to my show. Thanks for having me. Okay. So thank you for your patience with the long uh, run up there. But <laughs> talking about Love Day, okay, and we're talking about um, something that my daughter shunned many moons ago was this idea of um, of courting. So I want you to tell us where courting got its you know, beginnings and how it's kind of morphed and how society kind of, you know, sachets between we tend to swing on the pendulum of, you know, holding on to uh, things of the past and then trying to make our own way and complete rebellion from things of the past. Um, yeah. So talk to us about courting, especially right here at Love Time. It's actually funny that you said the word Love Day because so St. Valentine, whose Valentine's Day is, that's what it's named after. Right. Uh, St. Valentine got his uh, his day because he used to marry people in secret and oh. it was again and it was against the wishes of the king that these people would be married so it's a little dichotomous that we are yeah. talking about courtship on right. Valentine's Day when <laughs> he lost his head for marrying people in secret wow. but courtship that's that's fantastic it's a great story if you ever read it it's a, it's a book that was done by a litany of historians who all talk about St. Valentine. It's called the it's called the headless love. Okay. Um, but the the I, the idea and the origination of courtship actually meant to be seen in court with, and the reason like the king's why that court. was so not yeah, like not court. not like traffic violation court. Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> or they come check in for your ankle monitor here court in Atlanta. Okay, if got it. If you're going to find love in a courtroom like that, that's going to be a <laughs> I think there's a show on BET about that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> now so I'm in trouble. So important <laughs> yeah. to be seen in court with. Because at that point, it was almost as if the king was giving you his blessing to continue with that romance, with that relationship, to continue to build a life with each other. Okay. And it was so crucial to get the king's consent that when you were courting, it was practically a pre-engagement. And it was just so crucial to maintain all facets of a proper relationship Okay. And the proper relationship showed proper courting techniques, also known today as romantic techniques. Mm. So things of making sure that you are uh, respecting your partner in every way, making sure that you are protecting your partner's honor, making sure that you are tending to your partner's needs, whether that is uh, romantic or otherwise. So oh. those were all crucial aspects of courtship and it was what led to so are you telling me that people are actually courting. hold on you're telling me that people are actually like doing the deal during courting sometimes yes well i mean it was practically a pre-engagement again it was you being able to say this is the person i want to go through life with okay yeah and going public with it yeah mr p's ain't going public okay because see that kind of flies in the face of what you know your typical sermon would be in Georgia on a given on mm -hmm. any given Sunday morning which is you know all you fornicators and adulterers you're all going to hell um <laughs> right <laughs> and you got to be married and Jesus said 
you know, and they, uh, right, that's kind of like the second unforgivable uh, sin, according to the modern day church. So um, that's interesting. See, that's fascinating to me because my daughter's take on it was... Mm, in the modern day church, basically courting is you've you've promised to promise something in the future. <laughs> and so and it's kind of like the church's way of saying, OK, this is our protective fence around a couple. And it's really trying to, you know, we, we're, we're not going to date frivolously because let's face it, a lot of the church doesn't believe that dating should be a thing. What do you what do you think about that? Because you're young. What do you think about that? I think it's it, historically you see a radical shift from courtship when the king uh, loses mm-hmm. power and it, it moved more towards the church. Okay. You see a shift in attitudes of courtship. Courtship originally under the king's court meant that you were uh, building a life together and that you were able to go your separate ways, right? You were able mm-hmm. to have an independent life of each other. Okay. You know, the, 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 the wife, well, I'm sorry, the, not the wife, but the, the female typically was able to go and continue her life and her relationships with her family and friends, and so was the male. But when the shift happened more towards the church, that's where you start seeing this whole no sex before marriage. That's where you start seeing this, you know, we don't want to date frivolously. You've made your choice. Mm-hmm. And it's it's interesting because it doesn't exactly correlate to today because today everyone is trying to get back to, at least in my experience, trying to get back to that king's court of, mm-hmm. look, I want to build a partner I want, right. I want someone who I can go through this with, right. not someone who is going to attach themselves and meld into me. Ooh, see, that's good. Wow. All right. And just full disclosure, everyone, uh, Harrison is 25 years old. So, I, so are you considered a millennial or Gen Zer? I don't even know what I am nowadays. <laughs> it's <just> ridiculous. <laughs> Most people your age don't. I bet you Allie would say, I think Allie's at the cutoff. So what year? So you were 94? 94. I think you're right at the cutoff of, of the millennials, actually. But, <clears throat> excuse me, but my daughter would tell you the same thing that her, you know, a lot of us at my age, we're, most of people my age are going through the first divorce or the third or the fourth or whatever, mm-hmm. or they've just proclaimed, screw it, I'm going to be a per- forever, you know, single person or dude, especially men. But there are more and more women. That's why we have Galentine's Day. What is that? I mean, I'm a girl's mm-hmm. girl, but not really. I'm kind of a guy's girl, all truth be told. But it's like, really? <laughs> Galentine's? Day. I mean, we've got everything from sex toys to pink hat wearing women to I want you to talk a little bit about that, too, because we talked about that that night at my dining room table about this giant cultural shift that we've gone from, you know, the, almost like this rebellious attitude of, well, all of this is archaic and the patriarchy sucks. And so we're going to have Galentine's Day. Lesbianism's cool, but I'm not really a lesbian if I slept with a girl once, right? Like, we've got all this crazy <laughs> stuff going on. I was just experimenting in college. And then they get to me for ministry, and they're like, oh, uh, so fun fact, when I'm with my husband, all I think about is the girl from college. I mean, mm. I'm not kidding. Like, it is an epidemic where people are confused. But your generation seems to be leaning toward, hey, I want a partner, and I want you to show up at the table. It's almost more transactional. And it, it, it's interesting because I think that what you're seeing is uh, not only just a, a, a Every single tradition goes through various stages. First is the heavy set tradition. Everything is 100%. You don't mess with it. This is how we do things. Then it moves into, you know, I'm rebelling from this. I don't want any part of this. This is nothing that I, this is not me. You don't get me. You don't understand what I'm going through. You don't understand my generation. And then you get to 
the blend. And the blend is one of the most beautiful things because it takes the best of both. And Mm -hmm. the blend says, look, I'm not asking you to change who you are. I'm just asking that you respect who I am. I love that. And, and you, and you take that attitude to not just your work and your, and your personal life, but into your relationship. And you take that into your sense of, look, I know what I'm worth and I know what I deserve. And right. if, if you don't believe the same way, I understand. That's interesting. But having that same yeah. attitude. Well, I love that, though, because politically, that's not what we're seeing happen in the world. We're seeing a homogenization. Right. So for you to say, respect me, like, I'm not asking you to change who you are. I'm just asking you to respect me. That to me sounds like a very, almost like a conservative talking point <laughs> across like policy lines <laughs> and everything else. But you're saying that it translates into the bedroom as well and into personal relationships for, for people your age. I think it's a great way to blend yeah. both because, yeah. you know, everything in life is interconnected. And if you talk, if you, if one thing's out of balance, the whole thing's out of balance. And so if you're able to have that approach and people are clamoring for that approach, if you look at the number of times bipartisanship has been researched in Google within the past two years, it has skyrocketed. People are craving a respect for the individual, but also mm-hmm. a come together as a community. And although that seems diametrically opposed at all times, it, that's the wonderful thing about a relationship and about a relationship centered on Christ and a relationship centered on faith is that it can be, it can be opposed in, in natural talking points because that that's what Christ taught us. Right. Christ was both fully human, fully divine. How does that work? It doesn't matter. It does. Hello. <laughs> I love that. It's kind of like you look at some couples, you're like, how does that work? <laughs> and they're like, it don't ask. It just does. Um, okay, so uh, advice to people your age, like, do you have plans for Love Day? I do have plans for Love Day. Okay. And I, I my advice would be simply take the best of the old traditions. I had this conversation with somebody just the other day. I said, you know, I, I wish... You know, I wish that the old tradition still lived. And they said, well, you know, that's old school and new school. That new school still is in the same building as the old school. It's just different on what they teach. So take what was best about the old traditions, the respect for the values, the respect for the individual, and the want to go through life together and marry that with the things that uh, that you value today, which is having fun and enjoying yourself and going out and being young and being adventurous and just having the time of your life because that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're yeah. supposed to be enjoying God's blessings. Absolutely. Amen to that. And I, and another thing I think too you've touched on recently is not becoming so familiar. You know, part of that too, the old with the new. And I just, you know, we talked about I just posted something and people were like all over all over the charts on this about becoming too familiar. How do you know when a guy is getting too comfortable? And, you know, it's like just because you can pass gas in someone's face doesn't mean you should just because you can break the barrier doesn't mean you should and I just broached this subject with someone that I'm dating because I was like don't you even think about it and and, and of course he's like well it's not like I'm going to deliberately you know like you know form a uh, I'm not going to go into a yoga pose and then you know like bust it out but I'm just <laughs> saying that why can't you know I mean is it the end of the world and I'm like no but it's the beginning of the end of our romance. romance Damn, that was good. Is, what? Where did that come that from? Was, that that was, was excellent. Was thank you. <laughs> 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 yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
Did a little twerk there. Okay, so that was so good, right? Kind of like your respect me. You don't have to change who you are. I just want you to respect me. I don't even remember what I just said. It was so good. So go ahead. So So let's talk about being comfortable, right? It's not the end of the world, but it is the beginning of the end of our of our romance and 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 how important really is romance uh, someone accused me yesterday you're such a romantic and it was an accusation it wasn't a, a declaration it wasn't like ah oh. and and i quoted tolkien because you know you kind of clued me into to that so quote him for us please tolkien was talking about the magic obviously everybody knows tolkien is the famous author and writer but Tolkien had this natural respect for, for what he called the true magic. And he said true magic is, is, is love in the form of romanticism. Mm. And it's because love expresses itself in many different ways. The Greeks had four different words for love. Right. And, and we still do. Four different types of love. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Friendship love, brother love, yeah. brotherly love, girlfriend love, right. boyfriend love. So it was, it, it's, True love in romanticism is magic because it still has this sense of mystery about it. And yes. it has the sense of just being able to explore each other without exploring so much to the point where you're the same person or you know everything about them. That You right. can be 90% comfortable with them. You can be 95% comfortable with them. But if you are ever too familiar, then romanticism goes away. You don't have those butterflies anymore. You're not trying to impress. You're not trying to right. work at the relationship. Right. You're becoming reactionary. Agreed. And I think exactly. And I think in the day and age of, you know, boyfriend sweaters and let's all, let's girls be boys and boys be girls, really. You know, everybody put on your man bun. Um, it's I, I think we've just confused all of that. We all want to be best friends. And I'm like, you know, you can my best friend doesn't even know everything about me. She just doesn't, you know, and so and I don't even know everything about me. I always quote my late pastor who said I reserve the right to change and something that, you know, we see politically is people are not allowed to change. Even with our own president, people will not give the man a break to be able to grow in his faith. You know, it's like, well, he's not doing this. If he was a real Christian, he wouldn't have said that. And he wouldn't have said bullshit during his speech. And I'm like, well, I say bullshit and I'm not the president. So there. And I'm definitely a Christian. But it's like, you know, I mean, my potty mouth is something that the Lord in his infinite mercy is working with me on. And I'm sure the president is no different. Harrison Lance, tell us about your race. I am uh, I'm running for state senate here in Georgia, and I'm very excited about uh, all the wonderful things that I'm, I'm running on. I'm running on a very uh, a kitchen table issue platform, something okay. that everybody can talk about with everybody. All right. Give us a few pointers on uh, a few tips on, uh, I know, uh, crime and uh, any criminal justice reform or just primarily crime and what's going on in the city of Atlanta. Crime is a huge part of the platform, uh, okay. focusing on reducing crime. You know, I know that you've been talking about the, the gang problem oh, yeah. in Georgia extensively. Yeah. And we oh, it's not a problem. It's a crisis. In the words crisis. of our state legislature and our governor and the GBI director, it is a crisis. Okay, go ahead. Being able to effectively combat that and make sure that we have not only the tools at the, at the in the legal world, but having the tools in the hands of law enforcement to be able to go after these problems, right. that is a huge, huge factor. Right. Uh, investment in infrastructure. I don't know if you've driven on our roads, but it's like you could go 
bass fishing after it rains <laughs> in some of these potholes. I need, I literally need a tractor to drive effectively on our roads. <laughs> I mean, I, my front end needs aligning right now because of our roads. And, and you know what's really funny to me is that in your district, our roads suckety suck so bad because that's where, you know, a lot of affluence is in the city. And for me, it's kind of like the, the, uh, the south part of the city and the city administration giving the finger to the people who live in the north part of the city where it's like, we're not <laughs> going to fix your roads because we don't have to. Matter of fact, we don't even know what we did with the money that we've put somewhere for the roads, but good luck finding it. <laughs> it keeps the HAC in business. <laughs> but, um, okay, so that's excellent. And you are, are you the young, would you be the youngest person to serve in the state legislature? I would be. I'd be the youngest elected state senator in Georgia, and excellent. I'd be one of the youngest in the nation. Fantastic. Okay, I love it. And you, so far, do not have a primary opponent. That is correct. That's that's an incredible amount of faith and trust, and I work every day to earn that. Yeah, well, you have some good... What's the word I want to say? Uh, what do I call it? Not bre- not breeding. What's the- <laughs> I'm from the South. We say stuff like this. It's not lineage. It's good blood. But you, yeah, you, you've got some good. Come on, Mr. P. Help Jeans. me out. Jeans. Not even jeans. No, it's something else. In your Southern Harrison, you should be able to figure this out. It's not. It's not genealogy. It's not breeding. It's a pedigree. Thank you. I had to think of my Pomeranian to think of this. For God's sakes. What are you two men worth to me right now? Okay, I love you. Listen, kid, uh, you're far from a kid. You've got some ideas, and I'm really looking forward to uh, more people hearing your ideas. I know our state legislature is behind you and on fire for you, and your endorsements are wide and vast, and they are actually bipartisan. So thank you for representing people who do not feel like they have a voice in the Democrat Party, even on a state level, because that's just how vast and awesome your ideas are that you bring to the platform. Harrison Lance in the 6th Senate District of Georgia. Thank you for joining me. Thanks, Monica. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. All right, guys. So that's a wrap for me. I love that. You can uh, catch this podcast if you've been in and out of the broadcast, the simulcast. You can catch this at iTunes, Stitcher. You can subscribe to my daily podcasts on multiple medium uh, mediums. I also, you can find them at my website, monicamatthews.com. I love your emails, monica at monicamatthews.com. Praying for you guys. I am reaching out to your loved ones. Just give me some time. I know you're like flooding my emails with uh, my inbox with, hey, my kid needs you. My daughter-in-law needs you. You know, can you speak to her and send this and do that? And I'm working on it. I'm one person, but I'm there for you. Don't forget that. All right. I love you guys. Be good to your neighbor, beginning with yourself. And remember, if you're an American, act like one. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig. Inspiring kid confidence.